recognizing the cultural shifts between gung-ho and gun-shy and how that affects our training to be better protectors. That's what we're going to talk about on today's Peace Walker podcast. The question is, in today's day and age, how do you protect yourself, your family, and your community more effectively? Well, my name is Craig Gray, and today on the Peace Walker podcast, we're going to answer those questions and a whole bunch more. You're going to learn the power of protection, the art of influence, and the confidence of clarity as you build a protector's lifestyle to live, to protect, and to inspire at a whole new level. Craig Gray here, Peace Walker Podcast, episode 143. Gung-ho, gun-shy, and the balance between the two. That's what we're going to be talking about on today's podcast. And... Speaking of gung-ho, gun-shy and balancing yourself between the two when it comes to being a better protector, living a better life, let's talk about the six-day defense program. A good first step for you on this path as a protector, on this path as a peace walker, is going to sixdaydefense.com, all spelled out except for the dot, and you're going to get access to my free home study course where you're going to get the blueprint of the basic steps to how to protect yourself more effectively and how to start chiseling out this path of a peace walker. And you can do it from the convenience of your own phone. It's a handful of very short videos where I'm going to introduce to you a concept and a little tip, trick, and tactic, something to implement in your day-to-day life, and a defensive tactic to train as well. And then you're also going to get access to my almost daily emails where almost every day I email you a story about myself or one of our community members and how we utilize these skills and these tools of being a peace walker into our everyday lives. Because it's not enough that you get the blueprint You have to be able to sustain your training. So that's why the almost daily emails in addition to the six-day defense course. So enough of me rambling on. Get on it. Sixdaydefense.com. All spelled out except for the dot. I look forward to seeing you on that program and getting more connected with our community. So gung-ho, gun-shy, and the balance between the two What the hell am I talking about? The culture is what I'm talking about, our culture today. I've been doing this thing for quite a while, meaning I've been teaching martial arts. I've been teaching people about being better protectors, conflict communication courses, leadership courses, defensive tactics, working with professionals like police officers, military, security teams, hospitals, schools, churches, and dealing with and working with everyday people. And I'm here to tell you, the flavor 20 years ago, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, probably even 10 years ago, and today is very different. We used to be gun shy. No, 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 no. Let me back up. I'm getting off track here. Guys used to be gung-ho, and today we're gun-shy, right? So it's funny, 
20, 25 years ago, I, I had to talk the guys into being nicer and soft, so to speak, not to be confused with weak, right? Being softer, being gentler, being nicer, having the perspective that your training can allow you to be nice. And you didn't have anything to prove to anybody about your abilities as a man, your abilities as a protector. You didn't have to go out there and thump your chest and, you know, intimidate people and all this kind of crap to put on the big show for everybody that you, you know, you could handle yourself. So learning how to train properly and having the right perspective so you could be more confident inside of you so you didn't have to portray that like, if you want to say stereotypical alpha male, which I don't know if that's even a real thing, but you know, the kind of being a douchebag. But teaching people that that wasn't necessary, mainly obviously men, and that wasn't necessary. That was the big hurdle of the day. And what I f- have found the past, I don't know, 10 years? Definitely five years, but probably 10 years, that it's flip-flopped. Now it's teaching, and I'm speaking mainly to, to men here, but um, you know, women, kind of a different discussion, but, um, but really teaching men, young and young at heart, that... It's all right to be tough and you still can be, you know, in touch with your feelings and be a good communicator and treat people and ladies with respect and what it means to be a man. Um, but toughen up, quit being a pussy, quit being a wimp and, you know, kind of step up as a man and be proud to be a man. And be proud to be any man that you are. I don't care if you're a white man, a black man, a Asian man, a Hispanic man. Be a good person. Be a good man. Be proud of who you are, of where you came from. But also be open and gentle and respectful to everybody. I have two categories. There are cool people and there are assholes. And that goes across all genders, all nationalities, all ethnicities, all language barriers, all religions. It does not matter to me. You're either a jerk or you're a nice person. Try not to be a jerk. Right? We all have our times. We all have our moments. That's just being human. But you know, try to be a nice person. Try to be a good person. Today's day and age, we have to teach our, not even young people, but you know, I run into a lot of people in their 40s and that even who need some resiliency. They need to embrace their badass motherfucker that's inside of them, Right? It's funny, when you train at our local Krav Maga Academy and if you take the time and effort, blood, sweat, and tears to obtain your black belt, which takes about eh, somewhere between 
probably six to 12 years-ish. On average, I would say it probably takes an individual eight years if you're coming, you know, a few times a week. You, because we don't have belts and all that. I mean, we have a, a belt ranking system. It's voluntary. We don't wear belts. You'll get like, you know, when you test, which we run tests every, about every year nowadays, and the student will test between every year to few years, depending on your rank and what you're going for. And keep in mind too, I want to put it out there that rank is totally optional when you train at at our academy, at our Krav Maga Academy. You don't have to train for rank. You can just train. It's fine with me. Most people like the challenge, so they they like to um, go for rank, which is that is cool too, right? I think it's good to have a goal and and <coughs> excuse me and uh, go for it. But anyways, you don't get belts, right? It says your certificate will say belt, but yeah, I don't really give you a belt. There's a little belt tab that you get. It's kind of like a keychain with the color of it on it. Why is it that way? Because Emmy Lichtenfeld, um, he had a black belt in judo, and for much of his organization, he created the uh, for the Krav Maga for the civilian Krav Maga, anyways. He put together a belt ranking system that was um, judo, same colors as judo. So it goes white to yellow, yellow to orange, orange to green, green to blue, blue to brown, brown to black, and, uh, and then obviously degrees thereafter. So we adhere to the same thing. And then if you want to get your, you know, because I also um, teach uh, Budo Tai Jitsu, and if you want to get your rank in that, we can help you with that too if you want. But um, we're not really rank heavy uh, in the academy because I'm just not really geared that way. But, you know, it's there if you want it. Anyways, when you get your black belt, I actually give you a belt because I think, you know, you not only deserve it, but but it's a good, it's a, um, to me, it definitely is a gauntlet and it is something for you to be proud of and that you really had achieved something at least in our academy i can't speak for every academy but you know i try to make it you know it's a celebratory part and something you should be proud of and i think you, you deserve a belt and you know i award that and you get a big certificate and all that but you also get at the after party you get awarded a a wallet and if you ever watched pulp fiction and you remember at the end of pulp fiction when they're at the diner and Jules and Vincent are getting ripped off by those two crazy, that crazy couple. And they take their wallets. And after Jules and Vincent kind of get things back under control, Jules asks for his wallet back. And if you remember, the wallet said, on it, I love the line. It's like, well, reach in that bag and get my wallet. To which the robber says, well, what wallet is it? And Vincent says, or I'm sorry, Jules says, what's well, the one that says bad motherfucker? And, you know, I can remember watching Pulp Fiction when it first came out at the theater. You know, you're thinking he's he's just making a joke, right? Being being the cool dude he is, Samuel Jackson. And then uh, the, the guy pulls out the wallet and sure enough it says bad motherfucker. So anyways, uh, as a joke, back in 2012, I think it was, 
I gave um, Andy, who I wore the, my first black belt to, and the first time that I awarded a black belt to someone was Andy, and as kind of a, a little attaboy, but a little bit of a joke too, I gave him a bad motherfucker wallet. And uh, that became the tradition. I award every uh, black belt who gets that rank under or at the academy. I give them a bad motherfucker, a bad motherfucker wallet, <laughs> because there's a there's a BMF in every one of us, right? And we gotta we gotta identify with that. We gotta embrace that. So so there you go. So the idea of this, the cultural shift that you have to understand is you want to strive for balance. So if you're too gung-ho, you need to chill out a little bit. Get over yourself. Gain some confidence in the right way so you can be the nicest, coolest, calmest dude in the room. And if you're too gun shy, then you need to stoke the fires of your badassness inside of you so you can embrace that part of you inside that's that bad motherfucker. So don't ever forget that, right? And culturally right now, we're I think we're starting to swing the other way a little bit. Maybe not, but I think we are. Um... But, you know, right now we've got a lot of folks who just are not resilient. And when I say not resilient, they have it inside of them. They just have to embrace their resiliency when it comes to life and quit playing the card of being weak. And it's all right to be tough. You want to be tough. You don't want to be a wimp. You just want to make sure that you can use it in the right way. You want to be a bad motherfucker. Just be ethical, right? You should be some someone that other people fear. But don't go there. Be better to be someone they respect. Knowing that if push comes to shove, you can take care of business if you have to. The idea is being a strong man and understand what a man is we're we're we have lost a little bit of that too right it's like my dad and my grandfather were men's men right they were a man's man strong my dad was more of the strong silent kind grandfather wasn't nearly as quiet but he was you know just a strong figure kind of like uh john wayne and that's how i grew up but, but I had good role models, good male role models in my life that were respectful and considerate and strong, but they didn't use it in the bad way. They weren't perfect. They were humans. But overall, I was taught with this really strong ethic of being a man and being dangerous, being feared, but rather than going down that path to be respected. That, hey, I can do damage, but I'm choosing not to. But if push comes to shove and I need to, 
you better look out. So that's why you keep that wallet in your back pocket, right? That's why you don't show that wallet until you have to show it, until, until it's time to pay the fiddler, so to speak, right? You don't just go bringing that wallet out for any and no reason. You only bring that wallet out when it's time to pay and knowing that you have the cash to pay for it. So you want to find balance, no matter what the culture is doing, right? If you only rely upon what the culture is doing, and it's hard to not be influenced by the culture, right? You're going to be influenced. So it's not even a matter of will you or won't you. It's yes, you will be influenced by our culture, but you have to determine how much, which is going to take some doing on your side. So when I'm out there teaching, before it was like, oh, scandalous, right? You don't have to be, a, you know, some macho guy to be tough. Now it's, oh, scandalous. It's all right to be tough and still be a nice guy. So it's interesting. But if you want to be a good, effective, successful, happy, fulfilled peace walker and protector... You need to be a badass, but you need to be ethical, and you want to be nice. It's a better life. You want to be strive to be the nicest guy in the room, even though you're lethal. Now I'm saying it somewhat tongue-in-cheek, but I'm also saying it somewhat serious. Most of the people that I know who are really the guys that could do some damage are the nicest guys in the room. You know who I'm talking about, guys out there, right? I've worked with, I've had the privilege of working with many professionals out there who, um, you know, it's what they did for a living. Protect our country, protect our communities, protect our families for a living as a profession. And some of them, many of them are, you know, bad mofos. And the really, really good ones are the ones that are the most balanced. They're the ones that are most, I wouldn't say they're friendly necessarily, but when you talk to them, they're good guys. They're not unfriendly, let's put it that way. They're just, not all of them are that outgoing, but they're all good guys. And they don't, brag and they don't demean other people and they don't try to make you fear them or are boisterous. They are humble. They are nice. They'll give you the shirt off their back. They'll help out the guy in need. They'll stand up for people who need a hand. They're there to listen if you want to talk. And whenever they enter the room, everybody knows they're a little bit safer because that person is present. So it goes back to Humphrey's Warrior Creed, right? Wherever you walk, everyone's a little bit safer because you're there. Wherever you go, anyone in need as a friend, whenever you return home, people are glad that you're there. So if I can help you at all, let me know. And a 
good first step is getting on my six-day defense course. Sixdaydefense.com, all spelled out except for the dot. I already described at the beginning of the show, so if you need to know more details, go back to the beginning of the show and listen to it. But it's good for you if you want to start to live this life of a peace walker and to find balance, right? Find balance between your gung-ho and your gun-shy in light of what our culture is doing for us today. So it's not all bad. But it's not all good. It's not all good either. So, find the balance between the two, and live a better life. So there you have it, gang. I really appreciate you joining me today, and I'll see you on the next episode. Keep going. The question is: In today's day and age, how do you protect yourself, your family, and your community more effectively? Well, my name is Craig Gray, and today on the Peace Walker Podcast. We're going to answer those questions and a whole bunch more. You're going to learn the power of protection, the art of influence, and the confidence of clarity as you build a protector's lifestyle to live, to protect, and to inspire at a whole new level.